skydiving doesn't seem so big when you just got through doing a sprint triathlon. Later in the year, when I did parasailing with my daughter, she was a nervous wreck. She was just like, oh, this is really, this is scary, scary. I'm, I'm so afraid to go up in that, on that, on this thing, mama. And I was like, it's going to be fine. You're going to love it. And I have zero fear at this point, because to me at that point, I'd already done so many other things that this just seemed like another thing. And I was excited about it. It was super cool. I mean, it was like fun as all get out, especially having to get it to do it with her. For her, it was a huge hurdle. And for me, because I had already gotten that far, it just wasn't, it wasn't quite the same. And that's, it's, it's all relative. Hey there, my name is Kim and this is my podcast, Power Up Your Performance. I believe that we have the power to rewrite our stories, change the trajectory of our lives, pour love into the world, conquer monumental challenges, and that movement can be a catalyst for change. Let's grow together. Welcome to Power Up Your Performance. Hey, hey, welcome to the show. My name is Kim Peek, and I'm so happy you're here with me today. I'm so excited to tell you about today's guest, Tracy Cotton. She is going to blow your mind as we talk about bucket lists. I was eager to talk to Tracy because I've been doing a lot of thinking myself about bucket lists. As many of you know, I've had a lot of changes in my life over the last year, and it's given me an opportunity to think about what I really want the rest of my life to look like. And as Tracy says in this interview, we are not guaranteed tomorrow. And that's been on my mind a lot lately. Too often people wait until retirement to start living life on their own terms, only to have something happen that prevents them from doing all of the things that they've been waiting to do. Whether it's caring for a sick spouse, looking after your parents or grandchildren, or just physical limitations that keep you from being able to do the things that you've always dreamed of doing. I know for myself, I don't want to live a life where I get to the end of my life and realize I never truly lived. Do you want to live the same exact life for years and years? Or do you want to mix things up, explore new things, and really truly live? I've had an amazing life, and I know that. I have seen and done some pretty cool things. But I also feel like I have so much more that I want to do, and that makes me excited to get out of bed each day. In my case right now, I have no one to answer to, a fresh canvas where I can design any kind of life I want, which I am learning to see as a gift. Not everyone is given the chance to rediscover themselves, explore what fills their cup, and create a fulfilling life. So I think that this conversation with Tracy has come at an ideal time for me, and I hope it helps you experience a life full of vivid color, energy, and excitement. Let me tell you about Tracy Cotton, my favorite bucket list expert. Tracy first appeared on this podcast in 2019 to discuss her 50 for 50 challenge. It was an incredible feat of doing 50 new things during her 50th year. Since then, her list never ends, and she's created a bucket list life. She's ready to share all the tips and tactics to help you build a better bucket list and life, and she's going to tell us how this exhilarating experience changed her life. Get ready for a powerful conversation about trusting yourself, leaning into uncertainty, and thinking outside the box. Her mission? 
to help you make your list and your life legendary. Learn more about Tracy at buildabutterbucketlist.com. All right, enjoy this interview. Welcome to the show, Tracy. I'm so excited to talk to you today. It's so good to be with you. Now, you were on this show back in 2019 when you did your 50 for 50 challenge. Can you tell us, take us back to that challenge and just tell us where you are now as a result of that? Kim, the the situation that I was in at the end of 2018 is I had literally done what I do every year. And that was in November of 2018, I sat down with my, my planner. I had a bigger planner that year because I've kind of downsized a little bit, but I still love it. And I was writing in special dates for 2019, birth dates, you know, vacations, conferences for work and things. And I wrote down my birthday and I wrote down 50. I'm going to be 50. And it started really like bothering me. And what I realized was that what was bothering me was that I started realizing how many different things that I had not done in my life. And I thought, oh, you know, what would be really fun is if I, I picked this year to get out there and do some stuff. So I should just, I should write them down and I should have a little bucket list that I'm working on. And then something just popped in my head and it was crazy as all get out to think. But the words 50 for 50, like, like hashtag 50 for 50. It was like, it just popped in my head and I thought, mm. so what if I did 50 new things? This year, like starting from January, through, you know, through December, like my birthday's in the middle of the year, practically. In that year, what if I did 50 new things? And I couldn't even think of 50 things. I literally started writing stuff down. I got to about 20 and I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I can think of 50. And I ended up putting up on a social media, all of my social media platforms. I, I put it on Facebook, Twitter, as well as Instagram and ask, what would you suggest if you were going to help me? think of some things that I should do for my 50th. And I got so many good ideas. I got over a hundred. Wow. And, and with that, uh, it, it just, it all of a sudden got me super energized and super excited about all of a sudden it went from being, oh, I'm turning 50 to I've got this amazing year planned. And that's what I did. And it really didn't go exactly as planned. And with it, it was lots of highs and lows and lots of weird things along the way, things that I never thought that I could have actually done, I did, and things that I didn't think would be very hard to do, they were hard, and some things that I was really kind of excited about at first that I lost interest in before it was over. Um, I had a relationship breakup in the middle of it. That was fun, not, but it got me through that year and changed me in ways that I had, I didn't even know that it would. I just, it didn't, it didn't even dawn on me that this was going to end up changing my whole life. But at the end of that year, it just became really apparent to me that progress had been made. It was things that I had learned, and I just wanted to continue to live that way. And I did, except for well, the next year was 2020. And not a lot happened that year as far as from an adventure standpoint, but I did manage to make a move. I sold my house in North Carolina and picked up and moved to Tennessee. And I'm living in Chattanooga, Tennessee now. And started my life over in a lot of ways because I came here with really nobody. I knew one person in town other than the person that had just hired me practically. And so I had a new job. I had a place to live. I was renting at the time, but then I knew I was going to buy. And I wanted to be closer to my parents. And that's all that I had in mind. 
And from there, it's just continued. But in 22, I finally started realizing that I had been living kind of that bucket list life after 2020. That was kind of the exception. Mm -hmm. 2021 and 22 comes along and I decided to do a 22 for 22. And it was a great learning experience. And it happened during a really monumental year of my life. My dad passed away and all the things that kind of went along with that and how I was able to kind of like manage the grieving cycle with these extra adventures along the way. And I loved it. But the thing is, is over these last few years, since I did the 50 for 50, I've had so many friends, so many people that I've met that, you know, I just start talking to you like, hey, how's you, how, you know, what are you, who are you? What are you about? And I might mention something about the 50 for 50 and people are fascinated with it because I started realizing how many people had a bucket list. Maybe we're in the same bracket age-wise as I was, and they just had not um, really got out there and started doing it. And that was really where things came up this year. And I decided to do something completely different. And that's actually where this past, this past January for 2023, I led and coached 12 participants through a build a better bucket list challenge uh, to get them off and running on their own bucket lists. And that's where we're out now. So exciting. I remember when you were on before and I kept on saying, this is a book, this is a course. And I knew it. I knew it. I'm so excited because I think this is really going to change some people's lives. Now, I want to go back to the beginning, some of the things you said, because the, you, you gave us a lot of information there. <laughs> yeah. 15 things, new things to do in a year. That is huge. I mean, that's a pretty hefty commitment. So did you finish the 50 is the first question. How close did. did you get? No, I did. I did. And I, I went ahead and I gave myself a little bit of leeway. And the last item, the last item that I technically finished was on January 1st of 2020. Uh, and so I'd started on January 1st of 2019 and literally ran through January 1st of 2020 because, you know, things had not shut down at that point in time. It was, we didn't even know what was going to happen to us at that point. But that was where it ended. And then I finalized a little bit like I had one of the things that was part of my 50 for 50 was blogging about it. And I did go back and I had not finished publishing all the blog uh, posts for the, you know, the I didn't do a single blog post for each one. Some of them were combined. Some of them just kind of mentioned in passing. But I did finish writing before, you know, before early into 2020, but that was really the only thing I had left to do. But as far as the activities themselves, I had, I had achieved really what I had set out for not the same 50 items because those actually did have to change, but it was a 50 for 50. Now, can you give us an example of just a handful of what some of those items were, just the variety that was on your list? So the, the variety for me was really interesting. That's one of the things that I, I, I recognized after the fact, because I just picked what people had given me and I, I kind of compiled it all together. And it wasn't until later that I started really looking at this list and going, some of these are physical and some of these are mental and some of these are spiritual. And, you know, they, they really, they, some of them were more giving back. Um, you know, I, this is my first opportunity to actually work in a safe kitchen. I volunteered for a safe kitchen. 
uh, right around Thanksgiving of that that year. But I also did skydiving, belly dancing, pole dancing. I did what you and I worked on together, which was of a huge commitment to me because for it to be one item, the sprint triathlon actually encompassed months of training. So literally months of training went into one item. And so that was the other thing that I hadn't really taken into consideration when I wrote down 50, because 50, that's almost one per week. They weren't just one per week. And some weeks there was a lot of them. And other weeks I was just slogging away towards one of them. Those, all those days in the pool that trying to actually start really like actually getting the the whole lap thing going down. Yeah. Well, if I remember right, you actually kind of had to learn how to swim for fitness and not just what we all think of, like going out and having a day at the lake. You had to actually yeah. learn how to swim. That was, so those were the things that like, and then, but you know, some of the other things to me, and that's one of the things that I, I think that is the cool thing is looking back, some of the things that somebody else might have thought, like reading the Bible in a year, that was a commitment that I made. And that meant that I had to read daily. I, you know, it was a couple of days I probably had to get caught up. But I can say for, you know, for a good bit of that year, I was literally reading every day. I had never done that in my life. And that right there changed my spiritual life entirely. So physically, I was, I was making huge strides. And spiritually, it was, you know, a, a very different, it was a, a whole different swing and, and focus. And so when it finally got around to things like, and actually the, the timing was interesting. I did the sprint triathlon the weekend or maybe the weekend, two weekends before the skydiving. Skydiving doesn't seem so big when you just got through doing a sprint triathlon. And wow. then later, later in the year when I did parasailing with a, my, my daughter, she's, she was a nervous wreck. She was just like, oh, this is really, this is scary, scary. I'm, I'm so afraid to go up in that, on that, on this thing, mama. And I was like, it's going to be fine. You're going to love it. And I have zero fear at this point because to me at that point, I'd already done so many other things that this just seemed like another thing. And I was excited about it. It was super cool. I mean, it was like fun as all get out, especially having to get it to do it with her. Yeah. But, for her, it was a huge hurdle. And for me, because I had already gotten that far, it just wasn't, it wasn't quite the same. And that's, it's, it's all relative when it comes to those kinds of things. Yeah. Now you talked about how it really transformed your life. And you just mentioned the spiritual changes because you read the Bible and the physical changes because you were so active. I hear a little bit of mindset in there too, just about how the big things the big things that used to seem scary maybe didn't seem so big and scary anymore. What other ways do you feel like it changed you? So the biggest change that I went through during that year was I had, I think that I always, and this is a really weird thing to think about, but I didn't like trying new things. Like I know that people say, well, I don't like change. Well, sometimes for me, it was not so much that I just don't like change is I don't like being a novice. Mm-hmm. I don't like to be the beginner. Like, and so I had gotten to this point in my life 49 years have gone by and I'm not really beginning much. You know, I, I looked back and I started realizing I had really not, I had not been a beginner, you know, I had not been a beginner. I, you know, I, I walked enough that I felt like hiking wasn't really beginning, but you know, some of those kinds of things, I mean, I didn't see as truly beginning, but I was a beginner again and again and again and again, because these were all experiences that I hadn't had before. Pottery classes, first aid certification. And some of it, again, seems simple, but having to show up 
and recognize I'm not going to be good at this the first time I do this. And I, and I was, I was, I was really bad at things again and again. Um, I did five minutes of stand up and haven't had a ton of public speaking experience prior to it. Nothing can prepare you for, unless you just already have that comic bone, I guess, in your body. You know, I got up and I thought I could be pretty funny. And that five minutes, I did it. I'm not sorry I did it, but I don't know if I'll ever do it again. And and that's okay. But that passing to be a beginner so many times, it finally stopped being an issue. I started showing up like, okay, I can, let, let's do this. Let's just, let's just do this. And I know I'm not going to do very good at it. But I'm okay with that. I didn't have to be perfect. I didn't have to have this incredible experience, although just having it a lot of times was incredible. But it really changed my, my probably my expectations on myself and, and really what, you know, what I felt comfortable with, which was I did not feel comfortable being a beginner. That is huge. I also think about you're you're public about the fact that you have this bucket list and you live a bucket list lifestyle. So my thought has always been that if somebody knows that about you, it automatically gives you something to talk about when you walk into a room or when you're at a cocktail party or, you know, those awkward networking conversations. Now you have something that you know you can talk about. And so that has to open up a whole lot of doors, too. What do you think? I, I think that you're probably right on that. I know that that's probably why that has resonated with me. and. And getting to know people and that being something that very often becomes the topic is if I say I did this and, you know, maybe I mentioned a couple of things they're fascinated with, but mostly they're fascinated with the fact that I've done it. And it's because they have a bucket list, too. They have things that they and maybe they've already started it. Maybe they've already written it down. Maybe they've got some things going like they're hoping, you know. This is when I'm going to take the trip to Europe, or this is when I'm going to actually decide to go back to school and do something really different. They they maybe got a timeline going for it, but it's something that is universal, and we have common ground to talk about all this. And it doesn't matter that they've never wanted to go skydiving. I didn't want to go skydiving really before then, but it, and really the funny thing is, is usually there is a couple of things that I would have done that they would have had on their list because since everybody gave me their lists, if you will. Things showed up that people are like, oh man, I've always wanted to go ziplining. How was that? You know, and that's that's fun too. And I don't think that it may be the most interesting person in the world. It definitely just gave me a commonality that makes things really very cool to to be able to get to know new people and recognize, you know, what what they're thinking about doing and, you know, at some point in time in their life as well. I've done a lot of thinking about this over the last probably six months or so. And I have just a whole bunch of things I've been writing in my journal just about bucket lists and I do research. And I mean, I've really been into this topic. So when I saw that you were doing this bucket list challenge, I was like, oh my gosh, of course she is. This is brilliant. But one of the things that I have been thinking about bucket lists is that we think of, we tend to think of bucket lists as something that's a gigantic goal, a big, maybe possibly out of reach thing, the big trip to Greece or wherever. But I think that you can make your life more exciting and have something to look forward to, even with little things. For example, I have a friend that I've been doing meetings with every couple of weeks, trying to 
do some marketing for her business. And it's winter. It's dark and gloomy here most of the time. It's not very exciting. And so I thought, well, in addition to hanging out with my friend, what else can we look forward to? And so we started making a list of coffee shops. I mean, there's so many awesome coffee shops. How many coffee shops could you put on a bucket list? Yeah. Or reconnecting with old friends. I am mostly now, my oldest daughter just moved back in with me, but I'm for a couple of months there, I actually had achieved empty nester status. And I was like, wow. well, I was like, well, this could be kind of cool once a week or once, whatever the frequency, I want to reconnect with old friends and let's go out to lunch. Let's go out to dinner. To me, that could be a bucket list thing too. What's your take on that kind of thing? One of the things that I have started hearing from people and I had not, it didn't, it didn't come up on my list initially, but I'm, I'm starting to kind of feel a little bit of that hug myself is simply the idea of going back and doing something that you once really enjoyed, but you haven't done in years. Roller skating uh, is one that comes up a lot. Uh, in some cases, I, I actually even hear people that want to get, get back together with an old team they were on, like they were on a softball team together. And wouldn't it be fun if we had a softball tournament again? You know, wouldn't it be fun to get together with the group that, that I used to play basketball with? And could we just get together and maybe throw a few hoops and get together that way? Uh, the reunions of sorts with those those long lost contacts is is on those, you know, is on those radars, if you will. And also for me, what it has morphed into, especially this year, because everybody's like, oh, okay, we well, did 22 last year. We got to do this year. And I'm like going, I have no list. And they're like, well, what does that mean? And I mean, I'm literally, and, it, and it's, it doesn't mean that I have really truly no list, but I'm not putting out a big list. What I'm really looking for is, I, and a friend of mine is actually the one that that kind of like, she encouraged me on this is just what can I not say no to? Like, what can I like say yes to? And the idea that there's going to be things that are going to come up again, if you are not worried, about how you're going to look or if you're going to be a beginner or if you have never done it before, if you're just, you're not, it, all kinds of things can be bucket list items. And like you said, going out to new coffee shops, figuring out what the newest restaurant is in town. And to some people that might not be a bucket list, but at the very least, living that life, living that way intentionally to where you are always looking for things to look forward to. And and not settling for being stuck in a rut or or not just sameness. What can you do to to and, and I've got I mean, we're talking about people who are like on fixed incomes, who even have physical disabilities now that are limited because of aging parents or younger kids. There's still so many things that you could consider a bucket list and it doesn't have to be that $50,000 trip to Greece. It doesn't have to be going in, you know, climbing a pyramid. Probably shouldn't climb a pyramid. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. It doesn't have to be that that once-in-a-lifetime trip because there's so many things that can just really revitalize your current life that they don't have to be what, you know, we may have once we dubbed bucket list. Now, what do you say to people who at first are all like, oh, this is a great idea. I'm going to do this. How do you help them stay on track so it doesn't become another New Year's resolution that we've forgotten about? The process 
I basically just looked back through my own process and saw where I had struggled. I, I recognized where I had had certain things that had been very difficult and uh, how I even picked the things that I, sh- that, I, that I did to begin with and then how I picked for 22 and how I've supplemented if there's been things that didn't work out even within those lists. And I started recognizing there was patterns of how you have to kind of evaluate, recognizing where you are currently. And, you know, are you, first of all, are you in a situation where you, you know, are really so truly limited that you, you know, you're going to really have to change your thought pattern? Or is it really just need to be like, kind of like changing the, the, the lens that you're looking through on it? And if you know that you can't travel, then where's the local things you can do and so forth? So being realistic, even with your dreams. And mm-hmm. recognizing that it's your list and it's your life and how legendary you make it is up to you. You, you can control that. Are you looking to build a business and live life on your own terms? Look no further than the Digital Dreamer podcast. Join my daughter, Abby, and I as we discuss side hustles, building your brand, digital strategies for connecting with your audience, and selling digital products, and so much more. Get the link in the show notes or search the Digital Dreamer podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to take control of your future. And things are going to sometimes become routine. Like after a couple of things, maybe you've checked off a couple of things off your list. You're like, well, that was kind of fun. You know, the rest of us is a lot of work. Well, maybe you feel that way. Maybe you start getting entered, guys, and you, you get the momentum. You can keep going. But there's going to be setbacks. And the setbacks can be that you run into something you really fear or that you don't think there's enough buy-in. You you recognize that maybe after you've done a couple of things that your family's like, man, you're taking a lot of time doing this, or this is a lot of money, or this is a lot. What what can you do to get that buy-in? And so these are kind of some of the steps that I had had to do myself and recognize that it's important to be thinking about these before you actually have to face them. What are the challenges going to be? And kind of having an idea of how are you going to pivot? How are you going to push past it? How are you going to handle it? In some cases, just knowing what to let go of. And then I feel like you also have to kind of know why you think this is an interesting challenge to begin with. Because if you don't have a good reason, like, oh, I want to grow or I want to learn a whole bunch of new things or... I don't even know what else you can tell me. Give me some some examples. But I think if you don't have those good reasons, then after a while, it just kind of gets to be, "Eh, this is a lot of work and yeah, I'm done. And and that's actually one of the things that worked both for and against me on the 50 for 50, because I had relied on so many people's input that even though I felt some accountability to them to complete whatever it was that they had suggested for me to do, some of the things were like after a while, I was like, you know, I'm not as hip on this idea as they were probably. Well, what did I do to get over that? That was really for me, it was it was kind of doing the thing. And in some cases, I would get more excited once I actually got into it. It just was the idea of having to take more time, take more energy, spend money, whatever it was that I needed to do to, to get to that point on something. So if ideally they can all be things that you are absolutely super passionate about, that's that's fantastic because that's your why. 
is it's stuff that really excites you that you find to be fun. And, and, and that right there in itself, it can be perpetuating if you really find the things to be fun and continue to find the things to be fun. But that's really, I think, kind of like the push and pull of it is for me, that was a sticking point at times. The help for me that also came along with that was where I was able to incorporate friends and family members to be with me on those experiences. And then it became bigger than just me. So all of a sudden, I'm excited for them and not just for myself. Oh, or I love that. That is was so just cool. A, in, a, in some cases, it was just the idea that they were willing to share that with me. One of the things that was on the 50 for 50 was stand-up paddling. And a friend of mine from Indianapolis and I were both going to be at a conference in New Orleans that spring. And we knew it. We knew it ahead of time because, again, we'd, I'd already written all my stuff out. And I knew that was one of the things we we're going to do together. And she suggested going stand-up paddling. But she didn't just say, I think you should go stand-up paddling because I like stand-up paddling. She said, I think that we should go stand-up paddling together. Let's do it in New Orleans. Let's find a place. Let's go on, a, on a, an excursion together. And she made it happen. Like literally, that is cool. I just showed up with a bathing suit underneath my shorts and t-shirt. It was in a bayou and I got to see an alligator and it was fantastic. And But it was because it was with Julie. Julie and I got to do it together. And so, That's then, so cool. it, then it became like a real memory. And then I've gotten to take turn around and now... Because there's a lot of stand-up paddling in Chattanooga, I've been able to take additional friends along and try to give that same experience to them because I also recognize it's empowering, It's you know, because it is a physical challenge. It's a little nerve-wracking, um, but how fun it is, and especially when it gets to be a shared activity. Okay, so if I come to Chattanooga, will you take me paddleboarding? Absolutely. Absolutely. I got so many places that I can take How you. fun. I didn't realize that was a thing there. But it's funny because Chattanooga is when I look at, oh, what's a drivable thing I could do? And when we, my, my, one of my daughters used to go to school in Savannah and we would always drive through Chattanooga on the way. And I always just go, that, I mean, we just have like some, like this really vivid memory of driving through the mountains at night and you could smell the smoke. And we never really got to spend much time there, but like, oh, I want to go back. So I love that. That's super cool. And, you know, and that was one of the things that, you know, that helped me because I did the 50 for 50 while I was still living in Western North Carolina. And I got to experience a lot of it there. I didn't have to travel a lot for it. Now, there was a, I did have to make a specific beach trip in order to get the parasailing and the surfing in. And that was fun because it was intentional. But then since then, I moved to a new town and it becomes a whole nother bucket list almost. That's true. And, and literally there was uh, Chattanooga. There's a newsletter they put out that's called Nuga Today. It's a Monday through Friday e-newsletter. And they did, they got their readers to, t- to send in a Chattanooga bucket list. And it was things that they wanted, they thought that everybody should do who live in Chattanooga. Just the things that everybody should do that lives in Chattanooga. And they posted it up and they posted it up as a contest. And they posted well, it up. You're like, and they, I'm in. And they said, so here's the 10 things. And Send in a picture of you doing all 10 things and you'll be in a drawing for some swag and some good stuff, some little little goodies. Well, I looked at it and I looked at the list and I said, I can do this in a week. And so (laughs) they posted it up like they literally posted it up on a Monday. And by the next Sunday, I had finished it. All 10 items all over town. Things like went to a local sports event. 
uh, went to a local uh, farmer's market, uh, drove this crazy road called the W. I got to see some of the oldest places in town, went to a restaurant that, that was one of the oldest restaurants in town. You could pick and choose on some of them. Like you could pick a hike. And I picked out of the three different choices. I picked one that worked with the other items so that I got more done in the same day. Yeah. And you're supposed to walk the river walk or use some bikes or something. I did all of that in one day and crossed the Walnut Street Bridge. I was able to combine some of them. And I sent them all in. And Kim, they basically sent me all the swag because after it was all said and done, I was the only one that even did the challenge. Oh, no. I was but just like, what a brilliant idea, though. It was, But it was so much fun. And I hashtagged it everywhere I went. I posted up pictures everywhere I went. And people thought that it was my bucket list. And really, I was doing somebody else's. But oh, it was great. No. <laughs> so, and so just the idea of if you're in a new town, even if you're going to visit for work, what is something you can add on to your visit that you might not get to do in your hometown? You know, for me now, this is my hometown. But, you know, when you're looking at that idea of being someplace new, it doesn't have to be Paris. Right. Uh, you know, although there's a lot of things you could do in Paris, but it could be Paris, Tennessee. It, I mean, that's the thing that I find to be fascinating about the idea. And it just it opened up my mind and I am having such a kick helping other people see it that same way. So I feel like this also has some mental health tie ins as far as it gives you something to look forward to. It helps elevate your mood, it potentially get you outside, which we know is good for you. Do you have any thoughts on how a challenge like this could tie in with mental health? Well, I know that all the things that you just mentioned are all the things that I found to probably be of the most help. For me, the 50 for 50 happened during the end of a nine-year relationship. I mean, like that happened in the very middle, like literally like June of that year. And I was like, okay, well, do I stop doing what I'm doing? And then instead actually having something to continue to do and having something to continue to look forward to, it literally kind of limped me along for the first little bit where I was really having the most struggle over losing. And, and, and really, it was me ending, but still that struggle of that feeling of loss and, and grieving. And then the same thing happened last year with, with losing my dad is I, I had something to look forward to and I had things to work towards. And that in itself, is of value, but I really think just in the day-to-day idea of uh, how it sparks our creativity, mm-hmm. and and that's something that I see in a lot of people's lists is they have things that you I, I can just tell that they are starving for more creativity in their life. They're mm-hmm. wanting to get out and dance or sing, write a book. They they want to go out and take the art class, and these are things that for a bucket list. Because it's the things that we have maybe not taken the time to do, but we recognize that we have these, this within us that we want to share. And having that outlet in itself, meditation is a big one on a lot of people's lists. And with that, meditating on a daily basis, exercising on a regular basis, getting outdoors on a regular basis, all these things are going to tie into the mental health beyond just the idea that it also gives us that little dopamine hit. That's really part of it. And it also, it gives that self-confidence, that resilience. That's that's the other thing oh, that I think yeah. that I probably I gained out of it as well. Oh my gosh. I am so excited for you. When we get done recording, my brain is spinning. <laughs> I do want to hear about the new challenge. 
and what some of the experiences were that people, because you did this in January. Yeah, yeah just got Tell us about this. the challenge overall, what it was, and then tell us how, what's coming up that people can get involved with. So this, this, uh, the, this first challenge I did, I decided to do a 28 day, just really the whole month of January and experimenting kind of with the idea of how long of a time period was needed to give everybody a chance to work through this process of, it's really a building process. It's the idea that the only way to really get out there and do the things you want to do is to start having that clear picture, that roadmap that you're going to be following. And so they they built it first. And then I, I kind of like, then we kind of like had to hone in on some things, look for what those roadblocks were going to be and work through them. As well as I was able to bring in for each of the four weeks during the challenge, I was able to bring in experts to do a Facebook Live each week to talk about things that I'm not the expert in, but they might want to hear about. I had an expert on the outdoors and really praising the ideas, but as well as giving them some ideas of how to be safer and how to to find what it is that they want to do outdoors in a way that would be you know the best for their life. That was exciting to me. I will tell you this one thing. When I first put the idea out there, I did not know out of all the different social media challenge uh, of the channels that I have, you know, I, I have, you know, I have a wide range of, of friends and, and followers, age range, you know, experience level. And yet when it came down to it, of the 12 participants, 35 to 60, all women. No men. Wow. I had two experts that were men that actually came in. And so it was not just a female-only centric type of situation. And I had not intended on it being female-only. But what I recognized was that there is a certain amount of vulnerability that's kind of required in sharing with somebody because they shared with me what they wanted. And, and even just kind of being going through this process was a vulnerable situation that maybe if it was, maybe if it was a guy teaching it, there would be some more men that would be more comfortable in doing it. But at the very least, I figured out the sweet spot really was a time of life. And for women particularly, I thought it was great that we were just self-aware enough to realize that we're hitting that mm -hmm. time when we are recognizing that we have a little bit of, of slowdown and we want to be able to figure out ways to pick ourselves back up again, find new challenges, get out of ruts and so forth. So that was the that was the participants. I had all participants for this first program. And over the four weeks and going through all those different, like building it and then refining it. And really, we talked about budget. I had an expert come in and talk about budget, even some really creative ways on making extra money so that you can't say, well, I don't really have enough money to do this. Well, what if you have extra time to, to ever or do some social media freelancing on the side or there was so many ideas given that we literally like had single posts of people just like putting up things, wanting to sell off all the stuff that they didn't really need. People were talking about selling on eBay and Mercari and, and all these things. Like I've got a bunch of extra clothes. If I had extra clothes that I sold, then maybe I would have enough money to go take a class this weekend retreat somewhere, a yoga retreat that I've never been on. So you, know, you like found money, found time. And then we also talked about travel, had a travel agent come in and he did, you know, he did a Facebook live with us and talked about the realities of what's available right now, what they're seeing, what the expenses are, what's open, what's not open, where they might have, you know, the, 
how long do you have to really plan in advance for them? Even just where to go to see the Northern Lights. I didn't know. I literally, because I hadn't looked at it, but we had four different people who wanted to go see the Northern Lights. Out of, wow. I mean, and these are women that don't even know each other. And that, so cool. that was that was fascinating. Four different ones had in their list. This, the commonalities on the list were great. Um, we were able to kind of like get some people together talking about some of the things that they had done and they could share with each other on that. And there was some good interaction on that. But then at the very end, we finalized with each one of them after they had come up with the five, because my goal was just to get them to five items to start now. So the 2023 is going to be the year they're going to at least get those five items done. And of the 20, because they started out with, well, 30, most of them started out with a 30 item list. And with that, we were able to then one-on-one in a coaching call, really kind of dig down and figure out how are they going to be accountable? Uh, what do they expect to have the struggles with? What's their plan B, if you will? And as well as just the idea of what they hope to achieve out of it, because that's going to be the why. What is it that they really want to do? And Kim, the most exciting thing is to me, out of that 12, 10 already have things in writing on a calendar, planned out, in some cases, tickets bought. In some cases, and in in two different cases, before we even finished the challenge, people were already out there doing some of the things. And and to me, that was exactly what I had hoped that I would see out of it. And yet at the same time, it it just I I just am so proud of the growth that I saw in people that I knew at the beginning weren't really sure if if it was if it was going to be something that would work for them. And they know that they're going to have me to come back with them over the next few months and check back again and have that accountability. But all of them also have their own accountability in place. You know, they know that they're posting it up on the, the board and they've got the list of the months and they know how they're going to do it. In some cases, they're going to combine activities in order to make the most of their time. But they've got momentum. And that in itself is what I think that a lot of people are lacking. Going forward, what I'm really looking at, the opportunities to be able to do, is I've, I've seen what's working, done a little bit more honing on seeing it within a group activity, recognizing it still works. I mean, that one would be something that I would want to do again is have another challenge. We're trying to figure out, I'm trying to figure out when that would work and thinking about it, possibly going down to a 14 day instead of 28 so that people are kind of getting lost in the way. Mm-hmm. I've got a lot of feedback coming in from the participants as well as people who did not join, but would be interested in other opportunities. You know, I saw that, but I was just thinking, do you have it as a self-study option? You know, could you, you have a workbook? Um, and then the thing that I'm really particularly excited about is one of the ones that was on the challenge with me, she and I, she had attended a retreat that I led last year. And she said, have you thought about doing it? condensed into a Friday night through Sunday morning retreat. Oh, that would be amazing. And as you might imagine, once I started thinking about it and realizing if I had it in Chattanooga, I could practically even get a couple of people out the weekend with a zip lining, stand up paddling, free time in the afternoon. Let's see if we can't get something checked off your bucket list. As oh my well gosh, as, this is, I, uh, yes. And you, and you leave with a, a workable, doable, 
exciting challenge that you're going to go out there and you're going to take immediately. And I think that it's, I think it's a real possibility. So I've, I've, I've got those in the works and, and really expect in the next, I've, I've got, you know, I'm going to have a newsletter that's going to be coming out just for people to be able to keep up with what's coming up next, as well as, uh, as, as those opportunities will be posted up on my website, um, as, as soon as they're available. Wow. So much great stuff. Okay. Any final thoughts you want to leave people with? My final thought, I think, is is really the idea of rethinking what a bucket list is and and realizing that the whole concept of the bucket list is it's something that you wait to do until right before you kick the bucket. And we absolutely are not guaranteed that timeline. We we don't know how much sand we have left in the hourglass. And does it really have to be that I wait until retirement to actually get going on something? Is it really that I have to wait until the kids are out of the house or until, you know, things slow down at work? Or how can I be intentional today, next week, with looking for new things to do that are going to be exciting and challenging that are going to help me mentally and emotionally? be a better person and and be better in my relationships with others. And I think that that's something that it doesn't really matter where you are in life, that there's a lot of room for those kinds of activities. And it's not just a New Year's resolution because, I mean, we can, we can have a New Year's resolution to lose weight every year, but why? Because you want to go hike the Appalachian Trail? That's something to work for. Yes. Amazing that so many great things can change in your life just by going through the process of creating a good bucket list. We thank you so much for being on the show. It was so awesome to talk to you again. Well, it's so awesome to be here. And uh, the, the build a better bucket list, uh, dot com is going to be the, the place where everybody can find the information and know that you always share those kinds of things. But just, you know, I'd love to see some more people just kind of get plugged in and learn more just like what they can do in their own lives, because it's not all just about being part of a program. You know, I want to be able to continue to share the tips and uh, the best practices that I find with everybody around me. Thank you for joining me for season four of Power Up Your Performance. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend, rate, review, and follow. Dream big and get out there and explore. Are you looking for gifts that express how you feel or a gift that makes somebody smile? Look no further than Expressions by Iris. Our Etsy store has something for everyone. From St. Patrick's Day to Mardi Gras, from teachers to nurses and theater families, there's something for everyone. And with our constantly growing selection, you can find the perfect item for any occasion. Show them how much you care with Expressions by Iris. Find us on Instagram and get the direct link in the show notes.